And now let's get a closer look at some of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Nice haircut. Thank you. <laughs> it didn't turn out quite as I uh, had hoped, <laughs> but uh, just got to live with it, I guess. <laughs> Hair grows fast, especially when it's that short, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a visual on Adam, we apologize. He got a new haircut. Um, you can actually stream us via our Adirang uh, channel on YouTube. So find us there. All right. It is already the second day of March, if you can believe it. Uh, yeah, let that sink in for a second. Uh, yeah. Yesterday marked March 1st, what hap- which happens to be, of course, Independence Movement Day in South Korea. So let's start there. This is our first keyword of the day. Yoon's speech. In his address to celebrate the March 1st independence movement, President Yoon has called Japan a partner sharing values with South Korea, so having clearly some common goals. Can you first run us through what the president said? Sure. Uh, he was speaking in the l- first large-scale ceremony to mark the independence movement in three years since the pandemic. Of course, a lot of large-scale ceremonies have been held off because of the pandemic. Uh, Yoon called Japan a partner in tackling security and economic issues and other global challenges. He said Japan has transformed a militaristic aggressor of the past into a partner that shares the same universal values with Korea. And he also stressed that the trilateral cooperation between South Korea, the United States and Japan has become more important than ever to tackle North Korea's threats. You stress that Korea must stand in solidarity with countries that share universal values in order to contribute to promoting the freedom of global citizens and the common prosperity of all man, uh, humankind. Um, he said that such spirit of solidarity and cooperation is the same spirit that led the nation's drive toward freedom and independence 104 years ago. He said there were a lot of lessons to be learned from that movement. Uh, you stressed the importance of overcoming the current crises, including North Korea's nuclear threats, the severe security environment, and an increasingly fragmented and polarized society. Um, Yoon's address lasted a little over five minutes, which was actually shorter than most of his predecessors' addresses. Now, the address has often been an opportunity for presidents to give a stern message to Japan, to mm. apologize and reflect on its wartime atrocities, it was a bit different this time round. Yoon's definition of Japan as a partner mm. uh, kind of reflects his will to improve bilateral relations. It also comes amid uh, diplomatic efforts to come up with a solution for the um, thorny issue of compensation for Korean victims of wartime forced labor. Uh, there was no direct mention of the issues such as the wartime sexual slavery or forced uh, labor victims issues as well. Okay, so of course the opinions are split. Uh, let's first take a look at the Japanese government's uh, response to the speech itself and of course the divided nature of the political party's reactions. Mm. Right, so we start off with the Japanese government. It appeared to welcome uh, Yoon's mm. speech. A senior Japanese foreign ministry official said uh, Tokyo will accept the speech positively. So it wasn't kind of an outright welcoming of the uh, speech, but more of a kind of, you know, a um, kind of a restricted welcome, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comments, uh, the wording of it was a bit uh, uh, a bit iffy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Chief Cabinet Secretary Hirokazu Matsuno told reporters on the same day, though, of the speech that Korea is an important neighbor that we should cooperate with on global issues. Political parties here though, had mixed reactions, as you would expect. Uh, A lot of the uh, 
uh, ruling and opposition party lawmakers were present for the ceremony and were listening in to the speech. The main opposition Democratic Party, for once, said Japan still denies the forced mobilization of comfort women victims and refuses to offer an apology and compensation. The party spokesman Kimugam said Yoon's government is con consistently taking a humiliating stance under the pretext of improving Korea-Japan relations. Now, in response, a People Power Party spokesman said the DP's convening of an extraordinary session in Parliament this month is for bulletproofing uh, one particular party representative. That was, of course, a reference to the party's chief, Lee Jae-myung, who is uh, currently under investigation for a series of uh, corruption allegations. And the PVP described the move as miserable. So, again, mm. this is causing a lot of political um, uh, arguments and uh, these parties are locking horns mm. over the issue and other issues as well. All right, with that, we move on to our second keyword of the day. Mask-free schools. So that's near. Schools across Korea are welcoming new students without face masks for the first time in years. It's a big change. It's a welcome change, I'd imagine, for students, of course, and teachers alike. Tell us the details. Yeah, so we've had a lot of uh, COVID restrictions uh, in, you know, society and mm. public transport and things like that for uh, a few years. But it, uh, schools actually had these restrictions for a longer period of time. And entrance ceremonies at uh, elementary, and middle and high schools will kick off today, mask-free. Of course, <laughs> the beginning of March is uh, the beginning of a new semester and a new school year. It is the first time since 2019 that uh, it'll be mask-free. That's when... The, that's the kind of the onset of the pandemic. Mm. Now, also, schools will no longer be required to install partitions nor run daily temperature checks as well. Students and faculty will no longer be advised to upload their daily health status to a mobile self-diagnosis application from today as well. Uh, only students with symptoms such as a fever or cough or who have a family member waiting on a PCR test result will be advised to upload their health status. Um, students who alert the application of symptoms or risk factors will be granted an excused absence if they bring reference documents on the day they return. Daily temperature checks are no longer required, as I mentioned. Those schools may conduct temperature checks at their discretion. Uh, windows were previously supposed to be open at all times for ventilation. Now they are to be opened only three times a day for more than 10 minutes each. Mm. However, cafeteria windows are to remain open during meal <laughs> hours. Um, basic disease prevention measures such as uh, daily sterilization, though, uh, will stay in place. Just uh, imagine having the windows open in the cold months. I was just going <laughs> to say, it's a little bit chilly, but I mean, these are precautionary measures. I mean, when we eat keep our mouths open we're close i get it but it's a little bit chilly <laughs> i mean it's a it's a, good, it's a relief that uh, the warmer yeah. months are coming <laughs> it's warming up a little bit so in time for spring but uh, I, right. I can only imagine how cold it must have been during the autumn and the winter <laughs> all right let's move on to the economy section for our third keyword of the day falling exports so Korea's exports slump deepened in the month of February as slowing global demand and plunge in chip prices weighed on the economy. What's the latest, Adam? 
Yeah, unfortunately, more gloomy news in terms of the economy and exports is not doing uh, well still. The slump is causing concerns that the nation's economy may contract again in the first quarter of this year, shrinking in the final three months of after shrinking in the final three months of 2022. Uh, trade ministry data showed outbound shipments slid seven and a half percent to just over 50 billion one uh, sorry dollars mm. last month from a year earlier. Uh, for the first time since 2020, exports marked a losing streak for five months in a row. Accordingly, Korea struggled with a trade deficit of about $5.3 billion last month. Uh, imports rose 3.6% year-on-year to uh, just under $55.5 billion amid high energy prices. Um, that was kind of spurred the trade deficit. Now, the country's trade balance now remains in the red for the 12th consecutive month, and mm. the accumulated trade deficit stands at more than $18.6 billion. By items, overall exports of semiconductors plunged 42.5% to just under $6 billion last month amid a down cycle in the global chip market. Due to the decline in semiconductor demand, exports to China, Korea's largest trading partner, decreased just over 24% to just under $10 billion. Um, but exports to the U.S. rose just over 16% to $9 billion on solid demand for cars, batteries uh, and other related items. While everything else, uh, Korea saw exports fall, car exports actually soared about 42%. Um, mm during the same period. Now, Trade Minister Lee Chang-yang addressed the need for a powerful momentum on exports. He said his ministry will consult other relevant ministries to find measures to bolster the competitiveness, uh, competitiveness of key industries. Uh, meanwhile, Bank of Korea data showed Korea's economy posted growth lower than the average of OECD states last year for two years in a row. The only mm. other years the nation logged growth lower than the OECD average was uh, in 2021 and also back in 1998 during the uh, Asian financial crisis. All right, with that, we move on to our fourth key word today. Plans to establish Korea's version of NASA takes form. This is our fourth key word. Space Agency. So a new bill on the establishment of Korea Aerospace Administration will be tabled in Parliament today. Can you tell us the details? Sure. Now, the bill is related to the establishment as well as uh, the operation and the kind of setting up of CASA, as it's being dubbed. <laughs> <laughs> it includes provisions to support uh, research and development as well as rearing related industries and nurturing related personnel uh, as well. This will all be handled under... Uh, the new agency. Uh, I won't go into too much detail on what the bill entails, but uh, it basically it sets the uh, ground, uh, sets the uh, blueprint mm. for such operations and establishments. Uh, now, the government plans to establish CASA next year, which will oversee government-led space programs currently scattered in various departments and agencies. So they kind of want this unified Mm. agency and a related bill is therefore being tabled. Mm. Um, now, CASA will not be uh, an independent agency like NASA is in the US. It'll operate under the Ministry of Science and ICT mm. and will be headed by a vice minister level official. So there won't be kind of a separate minister or a separate head mm. of ca uh, CASA um, as an independent uh, government official. Now, the government aims to give CASA autonomy in managing the budgets and hiring experts compared to other agencies operating under a ministry. Uh, whether the 
uh, Korea Aerospace Research Institute, which mm. has been leading Korea's space missions, will be placed under CASA or operate as a separate organization, uh, is yet to be decided, though. So, um, so there needs to be kind of parliamentary approval for some of these uh, roadblocks uh, for the agency to be set up, and right. we'll have to see how lawmakers vote on it. It seems largely the goal is simple. I mean, they want to see continuity with these big projects, and if there is a central agency that oversees these massively expensive projects, maybe we'll see longevity and it not be maybe prone to changes and political changes. However, you're right, there are a lot of separate agencies. This is just the first step. Right. Casa, we're sticking with that for now. Okay. I know. Still, still, uh, <laughs> it's not still not sticking to the tongue, but uh, I guess we'll get used to it as time goes by. Or we can do better. Just a suggestion. All right. <laughs> On to our final keyword of the day. North Korea sanctions. The U.S. has imposed sanctions on three companies and two individuals for illicitly generating income for North Korea's weapons programs. What's the latest, Adam? Right, so the U.S. Treasury Department sanctioned Chusun Trading Corporation, which it says used, uh, which it says it used by North Korea to earn foreign currency and collect intelligence. It also sanctioned Korea Pekko Trading Corporation, which is accused of generating funds for North Korea since the 1980s by conducting arts and construction projects throughout the Middle East and Africa. Uh, the department also sanctioned two individuals. Uh, Huan Gisu and Pak Hwasong for helping the regime generate revenue as well. It said the individuals established a company named Congo uh, Akond, S-A-R-L, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, to earn revenue from construction and statue-building projects with uh, local governments there. Uh, In a separate statement, the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, noted that Wednesday's action further aligns U.S. sanctions with international partners. Mm. Uh, He noted that the EU actually previously designated these entities and individuals were engaging in sanctions, evasion, and being responsible for supporting the North's uh, weapons program. So there hasn't been much progress in terms of the UN Security Council resolutions. There's always been some um, vetoing action by China uh, and Russia, so not, not, not much progress there. But South Korea and the US are mm. still continuing with their Uh, punitive measures against the North, nonetheless. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. I think you look dashing with your new haircut. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, thank you. (laughs) Have a safe day. (laughs) See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.